ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to These Go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Greg Dutch, you're sitting across from me. Greg, what's going on, man? Dude, I'm doing well, but I'm thinking the summer is slowly fading by. It yeah. is going by quickly. And I don't know. I still have a childlike love of summer, even though like Lisa and I both love when we love our kids, but we love when they go back to school. <laughs> Dude, I mean love. Do you remember that old uh, – wasn't there an old like um, – I don't know. It's like an Office Depot or Staples commercial where they played that Christmas song. It's the most wonderful time yes. of the year. Yes, remember that? That was yes. the, the best because you're thinking, "What is this?" It's like in August, and then they show the mom and dad loading everything up in the cart, and the mom is like dancing on the yeah. cart <laughs> as the kids are all depressed. Yeah, we have that too. It's a bifurcated joy yeah. for a fancy term, but I, I do every time it gets closer because this is airing on July the nineteenth. Yep. And every time we get closer to August, I get I feel like I'm an eight year old kid again. Yeah, so I'm a little nostalgic, dog, but yeah. happy otherwise. Yeah, yeah, and um, we're really excited about uh, two guests we have on today, Richard and David from yes. uh, Popcorn Theology. Guys, how are you guys today? Doing great. Hey, man, how's it going? It's going great. Um, you know, we uh, we've been thinking for a while. Greg and I had been on separately on your all's podcast, Popcorn Theology. And uh, we wanted to have you on. And, you know, Richard, when I was on with you, uh, you made such a great compliment about uh, Greg and I and just the charity that we have on this podcast for difficult topics. Really appreciated that comment. And been noticing lately that you all's Facebook page has just been blowing up. Yeah, you you guys are. Um, (laughs) Man, can I tell you, dudes, you guys are Facebook Kings, man. I mean, I get stuff every day. Ding, 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 ding on my iPhone. And uh, it eight times out of ten, popcorn theology, new topic, new post, new comment. It's awesome. We have it. You guys have a more thinking audience. Our audience is probably a reflection of uh, me and Nathan, <laughs> which means they, they don't think. I don't know. Um, I mean, we got a great audience, too. And I know we, we share a lot of the same audience, yeah. of course. But uh, you guys just rock Facebook. Well, we'll blame that on our group members. Yeah, they really they really keep it going. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and uh, it's also taught me the the virtue of figuring out how to edit notifications. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I can't get a, I can't handle getting a buzz for every single post on there. It, just, yeah. it takes up a lot of your day that way. So yes, yeah, yes, David. Maybe getting ahead of ourselves, but we need to find a way to just edit out the debates. Like I just want yeah. the fun posts, right? Yeah, exactly. I don't want the debates anymore. I'm exactly, done. man. Yes, the- we don't want all the opinions. Right, yes. right. Just the ones we like. Yeah. Right. <laughs> just the ones we agree with. Exactly, yeah. brother. Pretty much. Um, but yeah, the the biggest thing that really started uh, a large portion of what was blowing up over there was uh, the whole. Game of Thrones. Um, and I, I think it was someone just, I, I don't even remember who it was. Somebody just in, innocently enough said, has anyone seen the latest episode of Game of Thrones? And that just launched into a, a nuclear attack <laughs> yep. on, um, you know, oh, you shouldn't be watching it. It's pornographic. And and that really got Greg and I talking and thinking about wanting to do an episode on um, – Liberty and legalism in entertainment, in cinema. And uh, we just thought you guys would be perfect to have on and talk about this. 
Um, and so what I'd like to do now is um, for you guys just to um, set up a little bit about uh, what had been going on in that uh, – Argument. I, I don't even think really debate is yeah. a fair term, but um, the yeah. the just back and forth fight, stuff, yeah, yeah that Duke, had been going on. And 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 before, dude, could we get? Because I know him, you know, but some of our audience that might not listen to popcorn theology, although I hope they all do. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> could could we get quick bios? Yeah, on these yeah. Let's do that real quick. A quick bios. Quick bios, man. Whoever wants to go first. Um, oh, okay. I don't care. Okay. Well, I'm uh, I'm Richard. Um, me and David are good friends. We've been. Uh, we've been actually for about a year and a half now, right? Uh, something like that. Close yeah. to two years. Um, we go to church together at an Acts 29 church here in the area. Cool. Uh, so this is something that I've been into, um, kind of watching movies with like a theological eye uh, for a good while. And it was it was mostly the influence of a guy named James Harleman, who used to do uh, film and theology classes and stuff like that at uh, Mars Hill Church back in the day. Cool. Uh, so he continued with his content on cinemagog.com. Mm-hmm. I, I can't recommend them enough. They help us out a lot. Uh, so that kind of got us thinking in that direction. So that's what kind of was the impetus to wanting to do this sort of thing. Uh, but as for me, I'm married. I've got four kids, four young kids all at home. Uh, so pray for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's all I got to say about pray, that. <laughs> pray for you, man. Pray pray for mom, right, Richard? Is, yeah, uh, yeah, no, no, I, I got you. And Richard, just so uh, folks know, when I was on with you guys, man, I got to tell you guys, you were so patient with me because I was on um, – I was on my iPhone. We had kids home that night. And remember, I was like yeah. in my car for 30 minutes. And then I'm in the den for 10 minutes. I'm going upstairs. Oh, kid comes up there. And man, and you guys, you can do some great editing because I'm thinking this is going to be a train wreck. And it you guys like pulled a it off well. Bit of a back alley conversation there. For right. A it was. Yeah. 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 I think uh. the neighbors were wondering if there was like a drug deal going down. Like, uh, how come he's in his car? Um, and I think I was talking on my headphones, so they either thought I was like losing my mind uh, or had some cryptic meeting uh, uh, taking place. You're just doing, you know, stakeout practice. That's all. Yes, yeah. That's right. Hey, there's a movie to talk about sometime. Stakeout, right? late '80s movie, Stakeout with Dreyfus. I think was in it. But um, no, we did Shawshank uh, when I was on with you guys, and I got to tell you, some some friends of mine that listen to that said they went back and watched the movie again as a result of that because I just thought the themes, you, you guys were great bringing out those themes in there. And uh, I keep looking for a chance to, uh, you know, uh, when I preach, tie in the Shawshank Redemption as an illustration. <laughs> nice. But I'm, I, I'm resisting the urge to build a whole sermon based on the illustration that all <laughs> pastors do and then tack a verse onto it. Um, I'm going to wait until there's a natural opportunity <laughs> to illustrate but um, it was great. And uh, Richard, just remind me, you, or was it David? Richard, you work as a prison guard, correct? Yes. Okay. That would, be, that would be me. I mean, Nathan, how cool is it to talk with Christian brothers about the Shawshank Redemption and one of them works as a prison guard? I know. That, that's sweet. <laughs> so anyway, that's really, really cool, Richard. And, uh, it really paints your people in a good light. It, <laughs> yeah, it does. It does. We, we come out smelling like a rose. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, and David, yeah, Uh, my name's David, and uh, I don't have four kids. I have one kid. There you go. Uh, But yeah, Richard mentioned we met through church uh, about a year and a half ago. We live across the parking lot from each other. We're in the same uh, housing complex, which is pretty great. Oh, nice. Uh, Pretty convenient. And 
yeah, as far as the, the bio side of things, I mean, I was raised as a missionary kid slash preacher's kid, um, been in Christian school, public colleges. I teach now at a, at a private college. So I think I've, I've tried to sample just about everything. Wow. <laughs> it yeah. seems, uh, except homeschooling, I suppose. But, um, yeah, as far as cultural Christianity grew up steeped in that. So, um, for better or for worse, that's, that's a large part of who I am. So awesome. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Thank you guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah, again, you know, just going back to, um, you know, just how do we engage in charitable, charitable debates about, uh, legalism and liberty with people. And so really wanted to get you guys involved in this. Um, and hopefully it'll be something that will, will benefit, um, benefit, uh, you guys over there at popcorn theology, um, and, and your listeners and, and your group of people. And, um, you know, Greg and I don't worry about benefiting anyone over on our end because <laughs> they listen to us. So yeah, I was gonna say, we, we don't really bring what we like to call benefit. To um, so yeah, we're, that's not our concern. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, guys just talk to us a little bit about, um, the the uh again that nuclear explosion that happened over there and and kind of got everything rolling with um you know you guys having to monitor posts and and all that crazy stuff yeah it's it's been a real uh a real circus i would say a little bit lately but you know there we we've got people in our group from i would say a range of different uh maybe you know doctrinal stances mm-hmm. and then also for like a difference in um conviction some people have no issue with um, things like Deadpool even, uh, and, they'll, and they're more than happy to sort of speak to that, um, whether it's through uh, – well, how, to, how best to say it? it it's, it's something that people tend to be a little less gracious about than we would like at times, but overall there's been a really good – tone and good feel about it mm-hmm. uh the game of thrones conversation has really taken the forefront of it lately but that's de- the, the deadpool ongoing was, debate man it was mm-hmm. deadpool for a while um, yeah it seems like there's always sort of a movie or a show that is going to take the brunt of that liberty conversation yeah um, yeah but yeah i was gonna say that that i think game of thrones is the ongoing problem just because it's something that people keep coming back to there's more content coming out all the time and it's not just a two-hour investment and you're done i guess the issue some people are seeing there is that you're choosing to invest a continuous part of your life into this content. Um, mm. and, and for those that see it and think you know, there's a huge problem there, Christians shouldn't be seeing that. Uh, those that take that mindset about it, look at that. And, and I think I want to give them the benefit of the doubt and, and assume the best about their intentions. I think they're trying to warn their brothers that it's a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a good thing. The problem is I think sometimes those conversations can become really heated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not so sure they need to be. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, can I ask us? Because I think I know Nathan and I've talked. I've never seen Game of Thrones. Nathan, you you haven't watched it, correct? Correct. And and have either of you guys ever seen it? I read the first chapter of the first book and okay. saw the first episode, which actually coincide. Uh, I don't know if they do that any further because that's as far as I got. Okay, um, sure. I was just you know that I've. It was just so much in my mind. It was just too much of a temptation for me personally. I couldn't mm-hmm. really in good conscience continue with even the book and just for, for me at least. And I just, uh, was, was more, more the show obviously, because with the book you're left to, you know, this is something that you can imagine or not imagine with the show. It's right there in front of you. Right. Um, 
So for me, it was just a pretty simple, no, I'm just, I, I'm not going to do this. So. Mm. Yeah, because I, I know that the show obviously is known for having explicit uh, sex scenes, nude scenes, whatever. So, so you're saying, um, David, that the Martin's books, would you say, are equally explicit? In other words, his 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 naked sex scenes are pretty vivid. Is is the vibe I'm getting? I mean, I I only read the one chapter, so I couldn't speak to it all that much. Okay. I actually I read the entire first book, and I've never seen even a millisecond of the show. Uh-huh. Um, but I know that the book was very graphic. The thing with the book, and, and this could be a whole other conversation, the book, it, it's very graphic in what it talks about with the sexual scenes and things like that. But it, to me, having read the first book, it did not feel like any of that was to glorify the sexuality it was showing. Usually it was actually shown in a very dark way. Okay. Um, mm. so, so there's a whole conversation that could probably be had there about, like when you're not actually seeing it, uh, but it's used as a plot device. Mm-hmm. You know what issues fall into that category as well because I think there are uh, issues there too. Yeah, yeah, okay. But Good. it's not like it's not like smutty. I don't think it's no. It, it's not uber descriptive. It's gritty. Of, yeah, yeah, it's more gritty than smutty. What I read, I only read the first book. Like I say, it could uh, progress and get worse from there. But what I read, sure, sure, guys. And uh, let me just to to give a little context here. I'll I'll uh, because I know it's an HBO show. And uh, I do have some personal experience with other HBO shows. <laughs> um, and I'll say there's things that I'll watch that my wife might watch with me. We talk about these things all the time that we wouldn't let our kids watch um, <laughs> because we don't think there's a maturity level and that sort of thing. And then, of course, as they get older, like I would let my oldest kid watch Daredevil, but I wouldn't let my younger boy watch Daredevil. Because, right. uh, you know, and every parent makes that call based on you know, where their heart is, how they're going to be. Uh, impacted. So all my caveats up front. Um, I watched The Sopranos. I watched all whatever six or seven seasons, uh, and I watched um, Boardwalk Empire, all four or five seasons, both HBO shows. So let me just say, I don't know if Game of Thrones is like this because, as I said, I've not seen it. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, there there's definitely explicit stuff in both of those mm-hmm. shows. Probably no surprise. Um, and I'm, I'm just wondering, of course, if, uh, those shows are noted for having really terrific plots, great acting, uh, tremendous character development, all that kind of stuff that people find praiseworthy with all that stuff mixed in, of course, uh, which is what makes it so, so complex. I- I'm assuming Game of Thrones is similar. I say that in this long setup because I've heard so many people and just looking at popcorn theology posts just kind of say, Game of Thrones equals porn. Yeah. And I'm I'm sure that a number of people that watch it, this is my guess, would say, well, it, it isn't. In other words, it, it's very easy. We all know this in this day and age to access just explicit pornography, which is for the purpose of lust and sexual stimulation, uh, That, yeah. that where there's no plot, there's no story, there's no character. It just is what it is for that express purpose. Uh, again, maybe it's hard since none of us have watched it. I, I mean, I would immediately push back and say, well, I doubt Game of Thrones is porn in the sense that those other things are. Do you guys think that's a fair assessment? Yeah, and I think what happens there a lot of times and what I've seen in the group, and I've kind of actually tried to push, even though I'm not so much in those conversations in the group, I've tried to push the ones that are beyond just that. You'll see an, this argument come up over words where they're saying, uh, one side will say, it's porn, you should not watch it as a Christian. 
And the other side will say, well, no, it's not porn. Porn has a very specific definition, and it's made with the sole intent and purpose of inciting lust. It doesn't have uh, you know, th- these nuances and th- these deep stories and things like that. Uh, so there'll be this debate about whether it qualifies as the word porn. Um, but to me, that's almost getting around the issue because the issue is, is it okay to see that graphic content? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's not porn. Uh, but if the graphic content is there, that's really what we're discussing. So right. do we really need to fight over that four-letter word, applying or not applying? I don't know about that. Yeah, no, 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 sure, sure. I think that's uh, that, that's an excellent point, guys. I think um, I'm sure this is my sense because I saw the same thing happen on the Reformed pub mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. a month or two ago. It seemed like there must have been like a mid-season episode um, and somebody had said, hey, did anybody see – whatever it is, episode five, seven, mm-hmm. however uh, uh, many shows there are. And uh, yeah. all I remember is there was this big um, hubbaloo about the phrase, hold the door. And uh, they <laughs> said, they said did, did anybody see the hold the door episode? Which just kind of intrigued me. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, some guy said, oh, are you talking about GOT? And he said, yeah. And uh, it was interesting. Within about 45 seconds, you saw people going, uh-oh. And then the next post was, oh, no. And then the next yeah. is like a match in a powder keg. And the next is some, you know, uh, you know, gif where the guy's like, oh, no, you didn't. So there's this increasing thread uh, of fear. And then finally somebody weighed in and said something like, oh, dude, Game of Thrones, not cool or, or you know, something like that. And I actually thought the guy's response was, I mean, I kind of felt for him because he just said, hey, I, I wasn't um, – he said, I wasn't trying to push that on people to watch it. I just thought, you know, am I allowed to ask if there is anybody that's watched it that I could interact with it on? Uh, and then I saw a couple of people say, oh, yeah, that's cool. And then as far as I could tell, that thread must have gone private or, you know, just, just three or four uh, profiles were commenting on it. So uh, that that's when I first noticed it, Nathan, because yeah. I've heard Game of Thrones mentioned. I know a couple of people that have read the Martin books. Yeah. Um, and I know it's a huge show. Yeah. Uh, just to say, guys, like Nathan and I talk, I generally don't like the dragon castle fantasy stuff. I, I don't know why. I mean, I'm sure that stuff can be really well done. To me, it just feels like, oh, there's no rules. Um, you know, <laughs> all laws of nature and gravity can be defied and people can be, come back from the dead and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I generally, it's just not my interest where I tend to like the... Uh, the earthier, the Breaking Bad kind of stuff and the, the stuff that could actually happen. So um, I felt for the guy, because I do know, I'll, I'll throw this out, and I'm a pastor outing myself that I watched The Sopranos, and I still would argue <laughs> I think it was one of the best shows in terms of its story writing mm-hmm. character. You know, I mean, Gandolfini was just a, a phenomenal force. On that show, I mean, he was larger than life. Uh, no pun intended. There, I probably sound like I was making a bad. I mean, he was a large dude, but he his acting just to me was a tour de force uh, on a modern mafia take, and I love that stuff. Fully aware that other Christians would say, "Man, I would never watch that." You know, I mean, he he operates out of a strip club called the Bada Bing, uh, you know, which is based on a real club in Jersey, I think. And yeah, you know, there there are some explicit scenes in there, and I say, I I get it. Um, I don't want to get too far ahead of this. I, I can certainly express my rationale on how I'm at peace with that, but we can get to that uh, for a moment. Yeah, we definitely should because I want to hear that myself. Yeah, 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 yeah. No <laughs> doubt, no doubt. No, we will. And I, 
I forgot, Nathan. Have, did you watch that show? Did you watch Sopranos? I didn't, no. Uh, part of it was because uh, by the time Sopranos uh, came out, I was still a high school student. Yeah. Um, and uh, we didn't have – we didn't get HBO or anything like that until later into my high school years. So I think it was already in several seasons before um, I would have even had the opportunity yeah. to have watched it. Um, sure. And then – and just never did. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, I, I would say part of it, guys, just to uh, give uh, – I'm always intrigued. I just love – when I read something, it could be a puff piece in Rolling Stone or something or, or you know, uh, movie critics talking, and they talk about this guy acting. And I think it was on who's – the, who's the dude that does the actor studio that Will Ferrell uh, imitates so well? Um, uh, Lipton. Yeah, yes. yeah, Lipton, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, uh, it's just – oh, my goodness. It's so funny. I, I heard him reference Gandolfini one time, and I, it just got me interested in his – acting ability and I'd seen him in a few things and uh, so I, I just just to say I believe one of the um, evidences of common grace is obviously giftedness in the arts because I've done a little acting like high school and mm-hmm. and you know you know intramural community kind of stuff and I'm pretty bad at it um, <laughs> and you know it's one of those things you know that looks so easy it's like playing tennis you know when you watch people play tennis you're like what a what a lame sport. Yeah, anybody could go. And then you do it, and you're like, wow, I suck. Um, <laughs> so acting was like that for me. And then I, I really do. I, I kind of am in awe of a talented actor. Mm. You know, Gene Hackman was one of my favorites. He hasn't done things for years. But just oh, yeah. the way you can play a character and you think you're, well, this is a real guy. Yeah. And I'm thinking, oh, no, that's Gene Hackman. He lives over here in California, but he's he's convinced <laughs> me that he owns a farm in idaho or something in the 1940s and it's just uh fascinating for me so uh gandolfini uh kind of paved the way for the modern anti-hero i mean don draper on mad men yeah um or uh obviously walter white on breaking bad um it was kind of gandolfini got the ball rolling first Mm. who plays this complex person that you just don't know quite what to do with because uh, that show just brilliantly fused uh, the mafia world, which has, let's be honest, for many people like me, it holds an incredible fascination. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, 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 our thing, the, you know, you know, Cosa Nostra thing. Um, and so you've, you've got all that mafia stuff, but the, the premise on the, you know, that show is the first episode. Tony has basically a panic attack. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, and um, he has to see Doctor Melfi, which becomes the running plot device uh, through the entire show. That uh, there were some episodes where he wasn't in the um, the psychiatrist's office, but usually he was. You know, mm-hmm. th- you know, three quarters of the time. And then you get Gandolfini, or I should say, Tony Soprano, the man who worries about his kids, mm-hmm. who's stressed out about his. Uh, his teenage son, who seems to be defying the you know family norms, and it was just it was just fascinating because you cared about the guy. At least that was the impact on me. Uh, and yet he's this cold-blooded, <laughs> ruthless mafia boss. So it's sort of that anti-hero type where mm. he's not a one-dimensional good guy. You, you you don't know what to do with him, which I think is much closer to real life. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to do with many people mm, because right. they're a fusion of complexity. So um, so anyway, that was my intrigue in the show, guys. Uh, so the question becomes, okay, definitely, 
uh, there, there is stuff there. Like I said, I would not let my kids watch. Mm-hmm. So I was always very cautious. It wouldn't be on when they were at home. I don't want them even walking in accidentally seeing anything. Uh, and when I've shared that with other people before, they say, well, then you're a hypocrite. And they say, because you're doing something you wouldn't let your kid do. My first thought is, well, I don't let my kid drive. Right. Uh, right. Yeah. You know, I, I, you don't let your kid, you know, consume alcohol. Or- no. No, yeah. and right, I'm not going to let the kids have sex. Uh, right. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, that's every parent's hope. Because um, there are certain things we do as adults that they, right. we just say they're not, they're not there. They haven't, you know, uh, reached that point. Uh, so that's my first thought. And for me, guys, uh, what I've come to is I am responsible before God. Um, and this is uh, our pushback on antinomianism, uh, where it's not just anything goes. It's I'm responsible to guard my heart. Mm-hmm. Out of it flow the you know the, the wellsprings of life, uh, etc. So I, I ask myself with each show, each book, you know that sort of thing. Um, are these things um, uh, affecting my heart mm. in a way that my conscience is um, losing its sensitivity, or in a way that uh, I feel inclined to sin, uh, in a way that would displease God? And I think each person has to ask that. And honestly, guys, I can just say I know where my buttons are uh, and um, my buttons are not triggered by those things. Um, some people say, oh, come on, that's impossible. I mean, we, we could get into that more deeply. But I always say that these conversations should start with, hey, we all got to guard our hearts. Mm-hmm. So you've told me, Nathan, there's certain shows yeah. that you're like, mm, that's probably not good for me yeah. because I don't want to go down this road. Yeah. Totally get that. Uh, there's certain things that aren't, aren't good for me. Uh, I, years ago, I decided when political conversations, when I was more political, get heated, <laughs> get heated in my extended pretty liberal family, uh, that was a really bad situation. My wife was just wonderful. She could smile and maybe politely disagree, but show interest in the other person's perspective. And I would just get edgy and furious and nasty <laughs> and, <laughs> and compromise my testimony and all sorts mm. of things. So I, I kind of learned there's some buttons for me in there. It probably yeah. has to do more with pride and insecurity. So I'm talking way too much. Uh, but I wanted to <laughs> throw that out since you guys had asked. what what, what you, And I don't mind if you guys disagree either. I just wanted to throw it out. Yeah, no, that's really interesting. And I think with most things, most of us would agree that's that's where you really need to have the conversation is what what is it wise for me to engage with, knowing my own heart as well as I can. You know, you don't know it perfectly. Um, but with my walk with the Lord and the things that I struggle with, what is the what is wise for me to watch? What is wise for me to just go, eh, I, I can I don't need to see everything. Yeah. You know, that's that's a big conversation to have, but I think where where there's controversy with this particular issue is what do you do when between brothers one brother says it's a sin for anyone to see this because the very act of seeing it is sinful mm-hmm. and another brother says no it's you know it's about your heart and those sorts of things uh that's that's what's happening here and i can't i i sympathize with that because i see you know when someone gets killed on screen no one really got killed right. when someone curses it's a character cursing but when someone uh bears their skin, that's really someone bearing their skin. Right. So right. I get the pushback that they're having there saying, you know, it's wrong for us to just see that at all. Yeah. And, and I, that's what I want to see. I'm like, when this conversation comes up, I'm seeing a lot of advice given for how to disagree about disputable things. 
My question is, what do you do when you disagree about what's disputable and what's not? Oh, mm. good, good yeah. question. Uh, and I, I don't have the answer. I thought maybe we could, you know, go back and forth about that a little yeah. bit because I don't know the answer to that question. That's that's tough. Yeah, I, you know, it's it's interesting because uh, my wife and I were were talking about this um, last night. Uh, in, in anticipation of coming on here because I'm super excited about this and really looking forward to it. So um, as as I typically do, just kind of, you know, uh, laying out what the day is going to look like and, and we started discussing this. One of the things that her and I came to the conclusion on, uh, and, and, and my wife and I don't agree on, on everything, um, and I think, that's, I think that's key, is that first and foremost, you're never going to agree on everything. There are things that my wife looks at and she believes, yeah, I think these things are wrong in general and I disagree with that. Uh, and so I think that's first and foremost, if, if you're going to engage with a discussion um, on, on things with someone to understand that you don't necessarily have to convince them of your point. I stopped a long time ago trying to convince my wife that I was right and she was wrong. Um, <laughs> Wait a minute. Nathan, did, did you stop because she finally got convinced? Yeah. Yeah. No, not even a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to text Joy right now. That's right. <laughs> um, but, but, but in all seriousness, uh, we have stopped trying to convince each other and, and that is a husband and wife there, uh, that that one of us is right and one of us is wrong, understanding that there are freedoms. And so I think first and foremost, um, when you're going to have a discussion about what people should or should not be doing, there needs to be a relational element there that goes beyond Facebook. Um, Amen go, to that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I just – I think that's key. You know, when – when I post something on Facebook, when I say something on a podcast, when I, when I speak and do something, people automatically assume and say, oh, it's public. Therefore, I am free to now comment on your life and your convictions and, and what you uh, – in your relationship with Christ. And I think, okay, we're in a public setting. We're in a public forum. But that does not mean that you know me. That does not mean that you know my heart. That does not mean you know who I am before God. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I, I, I envision a scenario like this. If I'm on Facebook and I'm throwing out a question, hey, has anyone seen uh, you know, the latest Game of Thrones episode? I would envision that my question uh, should elicit a response like, no, I have not, or yes, I have, mm -hmm. and then and then you take the discussion offline, uh, you know, wherever it may go. To me, the more intimate discussion would be, you know, if Greg and I are here in the office and we're talking about Game of Thrones. Uh, Nathan, have you seen the latest episode of Game of Thrones? Uh, no, I haven't, and and then we get into a natural discussion about, hey, do you really think that's a good show to be watching? A friend, one on one, looking at each other knowing each other, being able to engage in that, and then ultimately, like with my wife, coming away, maybe disagreeing still, but but still coming to a conclusion that, hey, you know what? I I respect the fact that you are free in Christ to watch this show and 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 knowing Greg to respect the fact that that under my conscience I can't watch this show. Mm -hmm. And I think if both sides have a little more generosity toward what the other can and can't do, 
I, I, I would envision these conversations and these discussions going much differently than just, oh, that's wrong, that's a sin, or no, it's not, it's fine to watch it. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts, guys? Yeah, I think that that sort of, you know, that, that almost leads into another whole conversation that I don't want to tread too far into, but it's the difference of the way that we communicate now versus mm. even 10 years ago or, you know, even further back, 50 to 100 years ago. I mean, essentially all communication was personal unless it was explicitly like I'm writing an article or I'm writing a book or something published on paper that is going out to the world or I'm on a radio broadcast. And there there seemed to be very clear lines between public and private interaction. Now we've got an incredibly blurred line. Mm -hmm. We all – you know, live, or most of us at least live our lives online and, you know, to the point where people even check in certain places. And that drives me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, please rob my house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it, everything is so uh, transparent now. And I think that there are certainly are some benefits to that. Hmm. Um, but I see a lot of issues with it. That I, exactly what you're saying that, um, People feel that they know you perhaps better than they do, or they have a right to speak into your life when they don't. And we wouldn't assume the same thing on another end. You know, if you're trying to disciple someone and you only communicate with them when things are going wrong, and you say, Hey, I saw you at some R A to movie, you know, I saw you going into such and such movie, what the heck? Um, but you're not communicating with them at any other point, then you're not discipling them. Um, not that these Facebook relationships are meant to be that, but mm-hmm. if you're essentially, I, I feel that you have to earn the right to speak into someone's life in that way. And I recognize that that's, that's not an easy switch to make. I work with um, the youth group at our church, and that's a big transition to go from where just a guy from youth group to someone who can speak into your life in a spiritual way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but on Facebook, it seems, at least within this closed group, which is still a fairly open forum, um, that a lot of times people assume a bit more um, authority, if that's the right word I want to sure. use there, than perhaps they have in those ways. And, yeah. um, you know, it just sort of is a symptom of the way that we communicate differently than we used to. Yeah. Um, even, like I said, about 10 years ago, this is all fairly new. So, yeah. I think that's that's a big part of what's going on. Communication is so different in that it's it's instant. You can just like if I think David said something wrong, I can tell him now on Facebook and everybody can see it. Yeah. Like yeah. immediate. Like right. you don't you didn't have that before. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think maybe some people shouldn't have that, but they do. So it it's there. It's something that we have to deal with. Yeah. Uh but thinking through this issue you maybe a little bit deeper too, um, what I've been trying to do is put myself in the mindset of the two different sides on this specific debate. And it applies like to Deadpool and all these other things as well. So think think for a minute from the perspective of the guy who says it's porn. No Christian should ever engage with it. Um, okay, so there are things that I think are porn. So what if someone went in popcorn theology and said, hey, did any of y'all see Debbie Does Dallas? I really want to talk about the theological significance there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I have. What, I'm just I'm kidding. Trying to think through, <laughs> I'm trying to think through what the Christian who, who would rightly see a problem with that what their response should be uh-huh. because their response to that if you have the position game of thrones is 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 a parallel to that then, then i can see where there's that extreme reaction you mm-hmm. know it's it's how do you have that level of a disagreement um but with the recognition that yeah we don't have that personal relationship where i can really 
uh, sit down with you one on one and explain why I'm concerned about it. Uh, you know, and you're just online. But at the same time, like me knowing in my heart, if someone posted that in the group, that post would be deleted immediately and I'd probably be messaging them. You know? Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Uh, so, <laughs> it's rough. I don't have answers. I've just got questions. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. No, that's uh, that's a classic one, guys. The uh, and I've been asked that a lot too. Like, what what do you what do you do with um, um, that question? People say, "Hey, uh, Greg, you know, there's this you know triple X porn movie out, and what if they say something like, I like the redemptive aspects of it.' Like, um, okay, like like what uh, the story? Well, the, the 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 camera they use is the red camera. You know, I've got a our buddy uh, Josh Mitchell, yeah. our, our mutual friend, yeah. uh, is is a camera junkie. He 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 can tell you about cameras and the way they work and it, fascinating stuff. And he, he's he's an artistic guy. So I guess somebody could come along and say, "Well, I just love the camera angles." And I don't know. I I guess there's a there's a sense in which we all have to acknowledge some subjective collective consensus, right? Or we say, "Come on, dude." I mean, porn right. is straight up fodder for sexual indulgence you know and i would say somebody could say well that's a um that's your opinion and i i'd probably say yeah it's it's pretty much a consensus opinion you know like uh, i never saw george washington uh but i'm pretty confident that he was real um (laughs) you know what i mean where bigfoot i'm less so uh george washington i'm much more so confident to the point if somebody has a gun to my head and they say, was there George Washington? And that person knows the answer. I'm saying, yeah, there absolutely was. So I, I tend to put uh, porn in that category because there, there's no um, you know, chewing the meat, spitting out the bones right. with, with porn. Whereas, uh, you know, but, but I agree, there is a subjective line. Like Sopranos is edgier than Breaking Bad. Breaking right, right. Bad is edgier than Blacklist. Blacklist is edgier than... Um, you know, uh, murder she wrote. Murder she wrote is edgier than um, you know. Uh, uh, Dick Van Dyke show. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Dick Van Dyke show. Keep going. The Dick Van Dyke show is edgier than you know um, Looney Tunes. And I mean, on and on it goes. So there's always this subjective line somewhere, and I, you know, I, I say, look, you're right. I guess at the end of the day, if you really want to press me, uh, you can say that porn has some redemptive aspect to it um i would put that on par with saying yeah i just don't think george washington exists and you've never seen him either so you're right but man i don't want to be in your shoes right um and that doesn't solve everything but maybe it creates a a landscape a framework to to talk through the issues i don't know i think one of the the big issues that i'm seeing is you get to the point where and they won't do it someone will say so you're questioning my salvation just because i watched game of thrones and the person that's confronting them was very careful in their wording that they never did question the person's salvation. Mm-hmm. But there's this tone and tenor to the way the conversation is going. Yeah. That that's basically what's at stake, even if it's never said. Uh, and that's what I grow really weary of. I wanted to mention uh, Nathan. I actually – I was getting fed up with one of the Game of Thrones threads one day, and I actually – uh, kind of stepped in and, and was trying to explain to both sides what the other side was trying to say. Yeah. Kind of, kind of take both positions. And when I was kind of defending the person who was saying you should never watch it, I was kind of defending that person uh, for a moment in the thread. Sure. And someone actually got on there and said, "Wait, didn't you guys review Highlander a couple of weeks ago?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, there can only be one. Like, I don't know what to say. To it, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
And they are no longer with us. No, they're still, they're still with us. I'm telling you, I, I could have told you Nathan was trouble, man. Yeah. You get him on it. You're in big trouble there. That's right. That, that was funny. I think consistency is, is always something that, you know, like you said, there's always a subjective line. I've, I've heard countless pastors, and this is sort of a bit of a plug for our upcoming episode. Uh, I've heard countless pastors and um, you know, by biblical teachers reference the movie Braveheart. Oh yeah, with good reason. It's yeah. incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're reviewing it pretty soon as well on uh, our next episode that we're recording. But there is nudity in Braveheart. I don't right. think a lot of people remember that, or maybe I saw had forgotten it on TV or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, but you know, I, I'm aware of at least one person who holds to their view so consistently that it's it's almost like a boycott level. Um, response to anything with nudity, we can't even fund it. So even to, if to be fair, that's the cleanest place to draw the line. Like yeah, I kind of sure. respect that about sure. it. Absolutely. It's a yeah. very clean place to draw it. No one's going to call you out for being inconsistent sure. ever because uh, you just don't watch any of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if you draw the line clearly at nudity, but then again, you know, some of those people would be okay with Schindler's List, exactly. Yeah. Or um, you know, a movie or show where you see a dead body that's naked. I mean, right. that's a huge stretch, of course, but. Um, then there's shows like we had a conversation in, in uh, our group about um, uh, Big Bang Theory and somebody mentioned, not in sort of a you shouldn't watch this or it's wrong way, somebody brought up the fact that they address sexuality in a very casual way, which they, they most certainly do uh, and a lot of sitcoms do that. But sure. if we're drawing the line at nudity, I could see somebody making the case that no, you should draw the line a little further out at even um, – you know, non-nude sex scenes or mm-hmm. sexual innuendo, yeah. innuendo right. or sexual references. In the group, we've had a lot of arguing against Suicide Squad uh, yeah. because of Harley Quinn's because of her wardrobe. Yeah. Okay, yes, uh, and it's the same kind of mindset where they're they're trying to draw the line so far out that there's not even a chance that sin could be involved. And in a sense, I respect that. What I don't really respect is like the. Uh, the tone of voice sometimes those sorts of folks can take when they're talking with someone who's just not, maybe they're just not there yet, or maybe yeah. they're just, uh, they, they sympathize with what you're saying, but they, they don't draw the line at exactly the same point you do. Maybe they're okay with Harley Quinn, uh, but not with Braveheart or something. You right. know? Yes, and, and yes. I think there should be room for those sorts of disagreements, understanding that one of you's right and one of you is wrong. Mm-hmm. Like that's fine. Sure. It's mm-hmm. okay to say that and, and not have to go directly to, how how could you as a Christian ever do this? We, you know, let's understand for a minute that we don't we're not in the glorified state yet. We're not perfect, and we're going to misunderstand things. And like you guys were saying earlier, we've all got to stand before our Maker and give an account for you know the decisions we made there. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. I um just to to go along with uh, the Braveheart, uh, which I can't wait to hear that one. By the way, guys, that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, iconic. We have a pretty movie, good right? guest for it as well. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, tell me, you guys got Mel. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, like us. Better. We always say, better. "Oh, better even than, better than Mel." Logically better. I love it because because we've always right. wanted to get uh, Brian Cranston on, but we're uh, oh, you know man. we're we're still working yeah. with his agent. Uh, yeah. Okay, meaning <laughs> there's no way to find how to even contact him. But um, I would love to hear the Reverend James King. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I bet Reverend King would have a good time with Brian Cranston. I hey? bet Gr- Brian Cranston would have a good time with. I Reverend bet he King. would too, man. As soon as Cranston starts <laughs> quoting, "My name is." Mandius, he would like blow King right out of the water, man. That would be, that would be. All. By the way, if you guys um, did, did, did either of you guys watch Breaking Bad? Nathan, um, oh, yeah. oh, you guys watch it good because 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 you guys love Jesus. Um, <laughs> good because Nathan hasn't watched it, which is still something we're praying for, guys. We'll get what? there. But I know, man. He's watched some of it and just 
Well, anyway. Um, <laughs> but the the movie that I always reference when I get in these debates, Braveheart's a good one. I wish I had thought of that one. But is a um, little bit old. Actually, no, I think it's newer. Is Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, that's a newer one. Well, yeah, wasn't Braveheart like 95? And I, I, Saving Private Ryan was 98. Something like that, yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's uh, around there. So um, Saving Private Ryan is a very safe film, right? Uh, among most Christian thinking people, uh, you know, oh, it's um, a historical timepiece. Mm-hmm. It's World War II. There's incredible homage, and rightly so, paid to these brave veterans. Yeah. Uh, there's the quotes the Bible all the time. Yes, yes, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And you've yeah. got you know this really um, uh, epic film that you know has cost so much money to make and is well done. So I um, years ago, guys, I showed a clip in a sermon ironically, to illustrate legalism. And I actually did it again recently from Meet the Parents. And it's the um, scene when, when things go south about you know three-quarters of the way, almost to the end of the movie. Ben Stiller gives up you know, because he's broken the poor girl's nose. And you know, <laughs> the family's all mad at him, and De Niro wants to kill him. And, and of course, he, uh, he, he goes to the airport for a red eye. It's like 2 in the morning. And it's just such a great scene, if you guys remember that, where the, the girl is <laughs> – she's behind the counter and she's just perfectly uh, in pressed clothes. Her hair is in a tight bun and and um, he goes up, you know, just says, oh, I just want to get on the plane. She goes, oh, I'm sorry, sir. I'm calling uh, Rose, you know, A through H right now. Uh, please be seated. And he looks around and there's nobody in the airport. You know, they show the janitor guy with the vacuum and stuff. <laughs> And, um, you know, he stands back and waits. And then, like, in three minutes, she says, now boarding rows I through M or whatever. And, you know, it just it kind of illustrates the absurdity of sticking to a rule that doesn't make sense. Um, I showed it, got some good feedback. And one guy was really upset. I never even thought of it. He said, I can't believe you would show a clip uh, from Meet the Parents, which admittedly I hadn't even thought of, to be honest. I just knew that clip. Clean language. There wasn't anything in that particular clip that was going to be offensive. And uh, the guy and I met. We talked about it. Uh, he was very upset. He said there was language in the movie, clearly sexual innuendo, etc. And I said, I, I got it. Um, and again, I, I can respect that. And it did give me pause to think. But uh, I knew one of the guy's favorite movies was Saving Private Ryan. And uh, Nathan and I were looking this up yesterday. Just This mm-hmm. is from a website. Um over 20 F words, uh, over uh, 14 S words, three slang terms using um, male genitals, and it says what they are. Obviously, I won't say them. 17 hells, 10 SOBs, um, six uh, GDs, uh, three JCs, you know, of using the Lord's name in vain. The phrase foobar, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. is used multiple yeah. times throughout the movie. And then even sex nudity, Private uh, Reben, not Ryan, it must be another character, tells a pre-war story uh, about seeing an extremely large-chested woman trying on <laughs> some clothes that were too small in his mother's store. He then comments that um, she noticed that he, I won't say it, but had a particular reaction uh, that was <laughs> physical. And the woman told him to calm down, that if he ever got scared during the war, that he should close his eyes and, quote, think of these uh, as Reben gestures... You know, and kind of postures himself to show the the woman's chest. So uh, again, um, when you really press the issue, this guy, I would say, well, then wh- why is Saving Private Ryan okay? 
You yeah, know, because right. you've got the Lord's name, right? I mean, that's a commandment, mm-hmm. right? And it's being clearly violated. Why should any Christian ever watch it? And again, like you guys, I actually have come to respect what I consider the hardcore uh, kind of hard shell Baptist. I'm sorry if I got too denominational. Um, <laughs> that says I'm not. I'm not watching any of it. You know. Uh, yeah. It, but there is such subjectivity. So just another example to throw in the mix. Yeah, there definitely is, and I think with content, especially, I see that there's this huge debate going to happen pretty much forever about uh, nudity and things like that being any of the content we watch, and that's going to be the thing that's the most difficult to traverse. But there's there's issues that some people have with other content like you're bringing up violence and language and stuff like that um there's a book that was really helpful to me on this issue and i would actually recommend it to people if this is the first time they've thought about maybe looking at films on a deeper level beyond just like the surface um brian gadawa wrote a book called hollywood worldviews mm. uh and he it, it's a little headier than maybe what james harleman would write uh, he's more accessible but if you can handle it uh, Brian Godawa is a super smart guy, but one of the things he points out is uh, in film, he would, you know, he would say it's not really simple to watch no matter which way this fell. But w- what's preferable is there's two ways they can handle the sin. Uh, they can either be exploitative yes. or ex- exhort. I don't know what the word, uh, parallel would be. Exhortation yeah. or exploitation. Okay, exhortative. Sure. Uh, so just showing the sinful character, the sinful plot device is not a problem. The, the problem that comes in is actually when it's exploiting it to rile up your flesh to identify with that sin, mm-hmm. that that sin is a good thing and you're identifying with it as opposed to seeing it for what it really is. It's, it's terrible. Um, you see the consequences of it. One of the things uh, James Harleman says that's really similar is, is he'll point to um, you know maybe a hardcore horror movie that shows demon possession or something like that. Uh, people are dabbling in the occult, and then they have to deal with spiritual forces, and it's shown for very evil and very serious. And then he'll look at a movie like Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. which deals with the paranormal, but in a flippant, humorous sort of way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he's saying, which one is really uh, more dangerous? Mm-hmm. Most people would probably say the horror movie, uh, and I, I would agree with these two authors I'm talking about. Uh, maybe that's not the case. Maybe that's better if we can handle it, if we can actually dissect the narrative and see what's going on there, than a film that's just going to act like everything's fine. Mm, interesting. Uh, or that everything can be okay apart from Christ. Like mm-hmm. these family-friendly, they get a dog and everything works out okay in the end yeah. kind of movies. I'm not saying those are bad for Christians to watch. Maybe we should watch them and think through their themes too. But I would say that's worse than a movie that uh, like a crash that's going to show this is the problems the world has, and they don't even give you an answer in it, really. They yeah. just show here's the problems the world has, but at least it was honest. It was exhortative, I guess is the word I'm going to use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it's important to think through those things, and I understand when you get into like nudity, things like that, there's going to be people that have to draw a line there, a hard line, sure. uh, and that's fine, and they should do that if that's their where they're at with Scripture and where they think their conviction lies. Uh, but on these other things, like I would press back and say, like, you know, yeah, that character used language. Um, you know, very early in Genesis, Satan blasphemes God by saying, did God really say? Right. And would you would you have an issue with a Christian quoting that part of Scripture as they were reading it? You probably wouldn't. Sure. Because uh, it's um, for a purpose, you like, know. Uh, Job's wife, you know, yeah. cur- curse God and die. Right. Um, right. Uh, that's a, a, a very good point. And, you know, I don't even – the, the nudity thing is, you're right, the most, I mean, obviously electric 
Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, just oh, boiling yes. cauldron of sensitivity <laughs> and controversy. Uh, although, let me just come at this from a different angle. Some of the arguments I hear people use um, would equally preclude a Christian man from ever becoming an OBGYN. Um, yeah, that's a good point. You yes. know, because obviously what you should note only eyes for my wife. It's, get that, obviously. But um, I would say, uh, on the flip side of that, there probably are men that should not become OBGYNs. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they're Christians and they say, hey, look, my past is such and such, uh, an incredibly sexually active, uh, you know, uh, pre-conversion life or, or maybe even post-conversion life. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be realistic here. But I've um, you know, had a, a terrible time debilitating porn addictions. You know, that guy is a sharp medical mind and I'm talking to him at a coffee shop and he, he says, yeah, I'm thinking of becoming an OB. If I have a friendship with that guy, as you guys, I think, well said, if I have a um, kind of foot in the door of his heart and life, uh, I might be inclined to say, hey, you know, Jim, let, you know, let's talk about that, man. Uh, can I ask you? Would, that could put you in a very serious spot. There, there was a doctor here. Remember, Nathan, at uh, Johns Hopkins? or uh, it, mm-hmm. it was a national story yeah. where he had been um, <clears throat> filming. Women. Yeah, yeah. It was just oh, a deplorable story. Yeah. And, and he had been filming – Women and so here's women to come. I mean, is there a more vulnerable place for a woman to put herself in? And you know, my wife has had male OBs and mm-hmm. it, over the course of living in different places and uh, having four kids. And um, you know, there is a trust there mm-hmm. that the man is looking at you clinically uh, with an eye to help and protect and the Hippocratic oath and all that. But there are obviously examples of men who have exploited that trust. Uh, and done incredible harm and incredible damage. So, uh, you know, I just think it's, we would say, I don't know, maybe there are some Christians that would say, oh, man should never be an OB. The majority sure of Christians, yeah, that I know would say, no, it's, it's a legitimate, yeah. um, honorable profession uh, where you're going to see nudity, but uh, the context of that is incredibly different. Yeah. Um, so I know that's that's a little bit removed. I would say, I don't mind telling you guys what, what we tend to do uh, when Lisa and I are watching a film, a lot, I've heard a lot of couples do this. Um, you know, it, it's it's annoying sometimes where it's you know uh, gratuitously thrown in, obviously just for uh, ratings, etc. Um, we typically fast forward, mm-hmm. uh, although sometimes I won't get explicit. That can actually make it worse. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we've learned that. Like, yeah, that's probably <laughs> yeah. Or normally when it's the two of us together, I just kind of you know. I, in deference to her, look away and just say, okay, ladies, tell me, tell me when it's done, you know, tell mm-hmm. me when it's over. And uh, I know other Christians would say, well, why even do that? I, I understand that we do, mm-hmm. we choose to, and, um, and, and, and we're fine with it. So, uh, and I think there is a way, uh, that some men can look at that and if they see it and just look away, occupy their mind with something else. Yeah. Uh, I would be hard pressed to say, yeah, man, that uh, puts it on slow-mo, or pauses the film. I'm like, to explain to me where your heart is in that moment, uh, I've got some questions that, again, deal with the heart, the subjective right. internal stuff. So just if, a few if thoughts. You know where on the timestamp is. Or, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that's an indicator. Well yeah. said. Well yeah. said, brother. <laughs> yeah, if you know the timestamp. We got some talking to do. No yeah. Doubt. But I think along the same lines, you mentioned the OB. I mean, there's other professions as well. I mean, that come to mind, you know, we could probably, you know, you could probably go down that road for a while, even like something to the effect of being a coroner. 
the coroner yeah. has to infect the has to has to uh, inspect the entire body. Sure. Um, and you know, perhaps you could go even a step further and say, what about a doctor who only has ma- a male doctor who only has male patients? Well, what if this is a guy who's a believer who has struggled with homosexuality at some point? Mm, right. Yeah. You probably shouldn't see male patients even. You probably should not be a doctor if this is something. And you know, uh, I think Richard and I sort of the assumption is that we're kind of the, ah, whatever, anything goes. Right. You can find the spiritual themes in anything. You know? <laughs> right, right. Trust us. We do that every week. Yeah. Um, but I think that, I, I don't want to speak for Richard here, but we actually advocate more self. I mean, th- there are certain things that that we know about ourselves that we would be stricter on. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I personally, just for t- partially for taste reasons, I don't really do horror movies uh-huh. um, because I know that those are going to affect me in a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and for other people, that's not an issue. So I don't have a problem with somebody enjoying a horror movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be concerned if they were really into horror movies and like got sort of a thrill out of it. Um, but the same with you know films with nudity. I mean, you can mine uh, a small amount of nudity for exploitative purposes in your own life and in your own home sure uh, it's just it's an issue of the heart mm-hmm. to draw the line hard and fast at nudity does make a lot of logical sense but then you miss out on a huge amount of i think really powerful storytelling mm-hmm. that if you're able to either access it without the nudity there's ways to do that vid angel cough um <laughs> or <laughs> yeah. to perhaps watch it on tv i mean some people might even make the case that you shouldn't even watch that movie at all even on tv if it was cut for network reasons but um just so greg's not alone there i'll mention that i've watched um it, it's not hbo but it's a showtime show so pretty similar uh show dexter in its entirety um and i really was into it and i really enjoyed the show there were a lot of fascinating concepts that they explored and um it's just it's pretty it, it kind of stands alone for the type of show that it is. Mm-hmm. And there is obviously a lot of violence in it. It's about a serial killer who kills other killers. Right. Uh, so he's sort of the good guy uh, right. yeah. in a way. Yeah, yeah it's uh, almost an a Robin Hood-esque uh, thing. But dude, season four, right. John Lithgow, just oh my gosh. unbelievably <laughs> phenomenal. Yes. Man. Oh man, that so, was just... I mean, <laughs> I, I got to tell I, I I'm watching it now. Uh, Nathan and I are laughing because yeah. we both watched oh, yeah. it. My, my brother and father have watched it for years and um have urged me to watch it and uh now that's one my wife just can't watch mm-hmm. um, no, yeah. we watched the first episode she goes, i i can't do it nope. greg you know, uh, the, yeah. the dude's on the table and i can't do it and yeah. i said you know i got it and um you know i i'm a night owl and we you know a lot of a lot of times i'm up at um you know six in the morning and there's a break between kids and i'll fire up netflix and i'll watch an episode of it and that's kind of how how we'll do our our movie choices sometimes but uh, I'm yeah, I'm imagining you making the breakfast the way the Dexter does, <laughs> crushing your coffee, slicing up the ham. Yeah, so I'm squeezing that blood orange grapefruit so carefully. But uh, and again, guys, you'll see this theme with me. My brother talks so much about how Lithgow was so chilling in that season four Trinity killing thing um, yeah. that that I watched it really to get to that season. I I. Um, but I agree. Uh, that is a, a show some people you, – you're right. It, it would powerfully impact them and maybe in a negative way. And again, guarding your heart might say, ah, I'm not going to watch that one. Yeah. Right, exactly. If, if you are 
you know, if you're somebody who has struggled a great deal with pornography, I would still recommend not watching it because there is nudity in it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I would say it doesn't really glorify the nudity. It doesn't with, with a few exceptions, maybe one season or a few episode exceptions that are just set in a place where there's nudity. Yeah. Um, if there's a dead body, a, you know, a woman in the bathtub sure. who has committed suicide and she's naked. Yeah. I, you know, I, I think that if you are, if you have a pornography problem, you can certainly exploit that nudity for that. Sure. And then you should, you should be your own. Uh, and, and I guess in my uh, estimation, that's something that you should personally avoid. Mm-hmm. But to say that across the board, this is not okay for anyone who's a believer. Um, and again, it's, it's hard <laughs> for people who haven't seen Dexter. It might be hard to understand how there's any redemptive nature to <laughs> a story like this. Um, maybe private message me at some point. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Anyway, yeah, so that sort of being one of those things that these networks, or non-networks, I should say, things like HBO and Showtime, have a lot more liberty to explore the edges of what's acceptable on TV, but also to explore characters in a very unique way. And I think they do a great job of that, to where I have a friend, who the one who told me Dexter was worth watching, has told me that Game of Thrones is way better than Dexter as far as the storytelling. Interesting. And that got me to watch the first episode, Uh but I, I couldn't in good conscience continue. Cause I knew that mm-hmm. in my mind, this is a little too glorified for me, the nudity that I did see. Sure. I had actually, I had actually mentioned in the group, uh, with VidAngel getting more and more popular, I'd said, you know, maybe I'll try game of Thrones out and I'll just, I'll just turn VidAngel on. And then that, well, for one thing that sparks the debate of whether or not that's even a moral thing to use. Um, but assuming it is, then it sparks the debate. Uh, the people that hate game of Thrones and think it's terrible, uh, were saying, but you'll, your episodes will be like two, three minutes tops. Because that's how much terrible content's in there, and then you have the defenders coming on and saying, uh, you know, no, that's an ex- stop it. Like, be honest now. Right, you're going to miss yeah. a scene or two every episode, if that. Right, uh, <laughs> right. But I, I've considered maybe vidangling it mm-hmm. just to see what the whole, uh, what the excitement's about. The only concern I have there is I'm told there's a couple of sex scenes uh, wherein dialogue actually happens that if you don't get it, you will be confused. Oh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, so, so you're, you're going to miss. Like, key I don't want to waste pieces. money on it. You know, <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah, that that yeah, that's a very frustrating scenario because I I don't know. Rule of thumb: normally the scene tends to be gratuitous, thrown in mm-hmm. for yeah. Obviously, I, a majority non-Christian filmmakers aren't right. approaching this with any uh, moral compass necessarily on those issues. So they throw it in, and you can normally consider it a throwaway scene. But I know what you mean. There are a few times where you're like, "What in the world happened?" Like, yeah. oh, yeah, that was all revealed in the sex scene. And yeah. you're like, well, I, I thought something else was revealed. Yeah. I didn't know uh, <laughs> I didn't know the, the key to the plot was. Yeah. Right. Well, and to, and to get to what you guys were saying, I, you know, I have struggled um, for years with pornography. Uh, I, I've said it on this podcast before. It's nothing new. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, and, and I, it's funny because people are like, well, you say that in a present context. Like, do you still struggle with it? Typically what I tell people is that I know in my heart when something is not an issue anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I don't think I'll ever get to a point where this will not be an issue for me. That being said, I do also know my heart well enough to know that there are certain types of nudity situations that don't invoke the same response in me and and you know Greg said we've been watching uh, Dexter. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't get any 
sinful, lustful thoughts when I'm watching Dexter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that doesn't that doesn't come up, and um, you know there isn't any issue. From what I've heard and know of Game of Thrones, for me personally, there's a lot going on there um, that I I would not be able to handle. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that I'm going to go around and say, oh, nobody should watch that. I'm familiar with that, with the period in the fantasy setting that they're trying to portray, you know, where, where prostitution is a legitimate business that is run and upheld by the law. Um, and, and in that, it's used for intrigue and espionage. That stuff fascinates me, and you can find that stuff in other venues uh, through other shows and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I just know the graphic content that comes out of Game of Thrones would just – it would be too much for me. And I have no problem saying that um, and, and just saying that you know I, I know my heart. I know my weakness. But I also know that there are other people who I talk with on a personal level – who are interested in my life, who follow the different things that I watch um, and are and are keeping me accountable for those things. And I think that's the key thing. You know, what we talked about earlier in the episode is that the, the issue with Facebook is that I believe that there are people who are crusading for quote unquote righteousness. Yeah. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with righteousness whatsoever. Um, but, too many times righteousness gets traded in for legalism and we we look at things and we say no 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 this is a black and white issue when really the bible doesn't have a chapter and verse that says it is mm-hmm. um and i know people can quote scripture up the yin yang but the, but they can't put they can't come to a straight up verse they come to verses and then they extrapolate principles uh in general guidelines and rules without actually looking at the context in which a verse is stated and, and, and put out there for people. And I think it's important to remember that when somebody's making a decision on what they are or are not watching, that, that their conscience needs to be clean before God, and that um, hopefully they do have those safeguards and people in their lives that are keeping them accountable uh, to what their heart is prone toward in a sinful manner. Yeah, right. and you know, you guys are getting to hear why I love this, brother, because... It is the rare conviction, uh, Nathan, and I'm not just trying to butter you up. It's just uh, I love it. Uh, you remind me of my friend Don, Nathan, who um, is a listener of our podcast usually. He was an alcoholic for 17 years. He, he obviously he chooses not to drink. Mm-hmm. He says he wishes that he could occasionally. I, mm-hmm. He had a family get-together and yeah. people were having wine, and he, he says, I, I know that I can't. Uh, many years ago he tried and it sort of opened up a, a very dark mm. uh, portal to him that was very, very dangerous, and he, he kind of turned back on and all. And uh, he tells people all the time that debate this issue uh, where he why he chooses not to drink and ever be around it and, and have it in access to him, yet crusades for the freedom of other people. Yeah. So what I like about what, what Nathan is just saying is that you just say, hey, I know me. I've been open right. about a struggle. And I just it's not a game. show I'm going to watch. Yeah. I'm not going to put it. Yet, you're, you're kind of being a freedom fighter for yeah. other people that would say, hey, Nathan, I love you. I respect you. I, I, I don't feel I'm in that same position, mm-hmm. different path. And you're, you're kind of fighting for their freedom of something you'll never enjoy. Yeah. Um, I think, guys, wouldn't you agree? I would love to see those things happen more often. It, it seems to go the other way, um, yeah. you know, where the old um, – 
somebody I heard say it is that legalism is one my I make my elective everyone else's requirement. Um, you know, and uh, in, instead of hey, it's my elective, I'll be happy to tell you why I choose to do it, um, but I'm not going to say you have to do it. Mm. Right, and I'm glad that you mentioned Greg the uh, you know the alcohol thing because I think that that uh, you know sort of a parallel came to my mind was we're, as we've been talking about this is imagine interacting with people. On, basically, if you imagine the way that people interact in person and tried to replicate that online, I think that that's sort of just safe practice because people tend to be a lot more gracious in person because yes. it's a person, not yes. a false idea or yeah. uh, a heretic or something yeah. that you're trying to refute. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is this is a person with emotions and a face and eyes and a family and you know somebody who struggles with things, somebody with a past. Um, if you were at, say, a restaurant, I'm thinking of a restaurant back home that we frequent that also has a bar and has music, and people oftentimes will go and enjoy the music and enjoy drinking a lot. Yeah. Um, if you were to see a friend there drinking heavily, and you know, I know that we're in the Reform Pub Network and <laughs> we're not on the side that drinking is always wrong, but debauchery. Um, to plenty of people where I'm from, plenty of people where I'm from, that's exactly the case. Yeah. Um, if you see a friend of yours somebody that you care about drinking and, um, you know, maybe even being careless, how do you interact with them? Not do you or don't you talk to them, but how do you talk to them about the issue? I think that, you know, if people would, would converse that way from the other side of their conviction Mm. online as well, I think that Mm. would just sort of be a good, uh, rule of thumb, if you will. Um, but that being said, I like what you said about defending other people's rights. Um, but at the same time with that, I think that honesty is key to that. If you are – you know, I could defend all day Game of Thrones. I've struggled with pornography as well. If I wanted to say I love me some Game of Thrones and say it's all about the story, um, you know, sort of like the same way people read Playboy for the articles. Right. You know, I think that you, could, that you could sort of selfishly make that case and we know that Christian leaders aren't even above those types of uh, yeah. scandals yeah. that um, – would not really be honest and it wouldn't be um, it, it just wouldn't be truth. And I think that that is something that as long as people are really truly wrestling with this and not violating their conscience rather than just, I'm simply ignoring my conscience. Um, yeah. Then that would be, you know, just a really important distinction to make yeah. in these conversations. I think, I think. I think that's the scariest thing in it on both sides, but especially on the side that's going to say it's okay to watch game of Thrones or whatever it is we're talking about. The scariest thing is the person who just disregards all criticism of it. Uh, it's okay for me, and doesn't have any reasons why it's okay for them. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's a you great can tell, point. like, just talking with them, they've not thought it through whatsoever. Yeah, and I think you know, at times, yeah, the other side maybe needs to change their tone and really think about the fact they're interacting with a person and and come at it from a little bit different of an angle. But at the same time, whether they did or didn't, you know phrase their their kind of confrontation in the right way or not uh, it exposed something i think sometimes in the the liberty side of that uh it's okay to, to to have a conviction that something is okay if you have a reason why you have that conviction yes. uh, you shouldn't just be like, yeah i like game of thrones and there's no reason why i can't watch it mm-hmm. well what about have you considered that there's you know full nudity on there and those are daughters of god have you considered that part Man, you don't try to talk to me about that. I, I've, you know, I've got it squared away with God. I know it's okay to watch it. That's the scariest thing. Yeah. To me, is yeah, the person yeah. that has that sort of mindset about it, where it, it's not even worth analyzing or even revisiting. Maybe you've thought about it before. It's okay to revisit that and go, yeah, but is that okay? These other brothers that I, 
you know, with respect on other issues are telling me it's not. Yeah. Uh, maybe yeah. I should revisit it. You know, that's a great yeah. point. Yeah. You're right. I think there there can be a cavalier. Yeah. Oh, whatever. You know, it's no. It, it, I mean, to me, whenever a brother has a concern, what kind of brother are you? Right. If you just outright dismiss it. Right. You know, it's just you're right. It's about tone. Yeah. Uh, approach, etc. Is good stuff. Yeah. Right. And we even have um, a friend of ours in, in the group who's also an admin who does watch Game of Thrones. He's on the other side of this than we are, uh-huh. uh, which I think has been helpful um, to sort of have his perspective. And he, he must get frustrated, though. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> because he has to yeah. admin and not kick people out all the time for stuff. Um, <laughs> but but he uh, made a statement, sort of you know, wrote a post about it. And I, I thought it was one point that he made was really important uh, – that his, you know, essentially said something to the effect of, I'm uh, a believer, I've been a believer for this amount of time. Um, my viewing choices are between myself, God, my wife, and my uh, my elders. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that last part was so important that, you know, I could say all I want that this is between me and God and just sort of be lying through my teeth. But if I'm actually doing the scriptural thing and putting myself under someone who's in spiritual authority over me, who can speak into my life in those ways and tell me, you know what? I don't think that this is good for you. Have you considered this? Are you BSing me right now? Um, somebody who's willing to call you on that kind of stuff. I think that that, you know, if, if somebody that's listening perhaps is debating watching one of these shows um, and that I, I would say that's an important part of it. Uh, if you're not hearing other believers out, on this, then I would say that you need to really be careful. You need to be even more careful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said. Great thoughts, guys. Really, uh, really awesome discussion we had going on here. And, um, you know, we hope yeah. that this will um, encourage, uh, you know, your listeners and our listeners to just think about this, you know, more charitably on both ends. Um, sure. You know, for those who are on. Uh, you know, and I'm, I'm just going to totally oversimplify these terms here, but for those who are on the more, uh, legalistic side to really just think about the fact that, you know what, Hey, there is a person on the other side of this that I, I, maybe I interact with them on Facebook, but yeah, I just, I don't know this dude. And really at the end of the day with that regard, it's probably none of my business. Um, but then, you know, with the guys who are more toward that Liberty side, you know, Hey, have I really sat down and thought about my convictions, um, in regard to, uh, to these matters. And again, you're, you're so right, Richard, that this isn't just a matter of game of Thrones that, that at the end of the day, you know, if, if we're just letting things just pass through us and pass into us without giving them thought and consideration, um, then, then I don't think we're truly, um, letting our, our, our mind be renewed by God's word. We're not looking at these things through, um, through a renewed lens. Uh, we, I think we are becoming more like the world because really that's what entertainment is for. It's yeah. to let you kind of dissolve your issues and problems and fall into this world and really not think. Um, but as believers, I think we, I believe we are called to think about these things and really look at them through the lens of Christ and, and see how they affect our lives. Um, yeah. and so, you know, hopefully we are doing that with anything we're watching. Um, so yeah, great thoughts guys. Really appreciate having you on. Man, that time flew, dude. I know. Great. You Thanks guys, so much. we love talking to you guys. 
And that we say, <laughs> now listen, we say that to everybody, and we mean it 30% of the time. So, but I will say this we rarely say, to, to, to really buttress our argument here, we rarely tell people when we say we love talking to you. That we only mean it thirty percent of the time. That's okay. So I hope you guys are really getting the vibe there. Now, hey Mackie. Hey. Now, hey Sam. My daughter and niece are coming in here to pick up stuff from her. her. How was the trip? Hey Mariah. You guys made it to the podcast. How's it feel to be on? As you can imagine, guys, teenage girls uh, on like. My, their father's pocket, nothing is cooler. <laughs> yeah, my daughter is dying a thousand deaths right now. All right. We're almost done, guys. Uh, I'll, I'll see you out there. See you, Mackie. You bet, dear. Love you. How cool was that? It, it, that's, it, that's live podcasting, this is, this is the authentic podcasting that we do here. That's at right. Let's go to 11. But honestly, you guys, don't you know that we talked about them after we were oh, yeah. on the show? Yeah. We're, we did. Yeah. We need to get back into it with you guys because i love the way you guys think yeah um and it's uh very very good thank you thanks so much really yeah, appreciate we really it. we really do appreciate that and uh thank you so much for having us on your podcast it's kind of been nice we've kind of like avoided talking about the specific issues we talked about tonight uh so i'm glad we had a different venue to talk oh about i'm so glad good. so glad good that's <laughs> yeah. awesome all right, well, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Guys, we just rock the Casbah. Game of Thrones style. These go to 11.